Good evening, everyone. It feels great to be back with another inspiring tea talk story. I'm Karishma, your host for the evening. Unfortunately, my co-host Supriya won't be able to join us tonight. Joining us now on the show is an amazing guest who is a true fighter, Simone Roach. She is a strong and a talented orator who loves writing and crafting stories and also loves reading. Simone strongly believes that every individual who is differently abled has special qualities and is not a, definitely a burden on the society. I'm sure you're all eager to hear her uplifting stories. So get ready to be inspired. Welcome to the show, Simone. And I must say, Simone is joining us from London. Yes, hi, I'm very happy to be here. Uh, so you feeling okay? All all well with you, Simone? Yes, I'm doing very well um, with my activism work. I'm just trying my hardest to get my message out there, which is one of the reasons I feel very thankful for this opportunity. We are honored to have you on our show. Uh, before we get enthralled by an inspirational stories, I would like to ask you about your favorite tea because our show is called Tea Talk. Certainly, my favorite tea is lemon and ginger tea. It's quite simple, but I think it's beautiful in its simplicity. And it is it uh, improves your immunity as well. Yeah, and it tastes really nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Simone, could you walk us through your journey and how it led you to where you are today? Yes, I think that my journey is definitely one of self-acceptance and learning to be proud of myself in the way that I am. I was born with a condition called severe progressive axonal polyneuropathy, which um, basically is a condition that affects my legs and my wrists and my fingers. So I'm a permanent wheelchair user and I have a movement in my wrists and my fingers, but because it's progressive, I wasn't always like this. When I was younger, I was practically non-disabled, but then over time, my condition started to progress and I began losing abilities one by one. For instance, when I was 11, I woke up one morning and suddenly my hand didn't work anymore. And then when I was 13, I suddenly lost the ability to walk and had to start using a wheelchair. And at first I found my body and my disability very tough to deal with. Um, school was definitely the worst time of my life. It was a very tough experience for me. I faced a lot of discrimination from my peers and teachers. I was ignored a lot and excluded and sometimes outright banned from things. Like I was banned from the drama club for not much reason except that um, I was disabled. And the most of all, I think the toughest thing was that I just didn't love myself and I was ashamed of the way that I was and of my body. I didn't think anyone like me could ever truly be happy. And so you asked, you know, what my journey is until now. Well, now I feel as if I'm finally in a place where I fully love and accept myself. I had to sort of detangle myself from, you know, this web of lies in society about disability and ableism and this kind of thing to find the real me underneath. And now I feel perfectly happy with the way that I am and I wouldn't want to change. I love every single piece of me, just learning about disability culture and history 
and being introduced to the community it completely changed my life and so now I just I'm happy with how I am. So you love yourself the way you are. Yes, definitely. And uh, you are a true uh, inspiration. You are a perfect example of hard work, beauty and intelligence. Thank in a you. nutshell, I would put, you know. <laughs> Thank you. That's that what I So um, tell us about your stories or experiences that have been particularly impactful on your journey. Yeah, I think starting my blog, The Wheelchair Team, was particularly impactful. I think just putting out there the way that I felt about a lot of topics helped me to sort of internalize them. I think probably I posted a blog post saying I'm not ashamed of my disability anymore before I truly believed it. But, you know, writing it down, putting it up there made me realize, hey, I'm kind of not ashamed anymore. And I think watching the documentary Crip Camp had a huge impact because I didn't even know there was such a thing as the disability rights movement, that disabled people also fought for their rights, that they did sit-ins and marches and got arrested and made such a huge impact on history. Because so I was never taught that growing up. But once I learned about disability culture and history, I started to understand that we are disabled, but that doesn't mean that we're wrong. It just means that we're different and society just hasn't accepted that yet. Uh, this reminds me um, uh, of uh, the paintings that have been made by um, a, a very experienced primary teacher, Pip, Mrs. Pip. Uh, uh, she painted uh, your portrait and in that she has mentioned that the your fight is not with your body. I'm sure it is with your body also, but that your fight is with the people, external people, with the professionals, the teachers, medical doctors or, or uh, anybody on the street, a teenager or, you know, a common man. So uh, does that make sense, um, you know? in Yes, I really agree with that. I think that a lot of the problems that disabled people face it comes from ableism and inaccessibility. You know, our bodies are not the problem. They never were. Growing up, I was taught that my body was the cause of all of my pain and my hardships. And it's just such an unlivable way of thinking and continuing thinking that your body is just wrong and you'll never be happy the way that you are. But it wasn't until I understood ableism and inaccessibility that I realized that my body isn't what oppresses me. It's the society we live in, the economy, it's the people around me that constantly discriminate against me and make me feel like I'm not even a human being. Mm -hmm. That is what oppresses me. But I, I think uh, now the schools are becoming more and more inclusive. Um, uh, when you came to uh, uh, International School Eindhoven um, last last month and we spoke, uh, you spoke about, um, you know, how, how the playgrounds can be more inclusive to group three children. I think that made a huge impact and, and things are uh, changing for better. What do you have to say on that? Yeah, I do. I think um, I'm very proud of the primary school that I used to go to because I do see a lot of changes towards diversity and inclusion with both the teachers and you know the curriculum that they're teaching and also the students um, I really enjoyed giving talks there and yeah I hope that they've made a difference I do yes they did because uh, we did uh, get uh, you know they they in the end they made their own 
projects and uh, that was like commendable. They did understand what actually uh, is the meaning of uh, being inclusive and how uh, they can uh, change their behavior towards people who are different. I would actually not use this term disabled. I would definitely use this term as differently abled. Well, so, I, do, uh, um, I do have a bit of a, a different label that's not my favorite term, and I know a lot of disabled people feel the same way. Okay. Because, yeah, it, I think they think that it sounds patronizing and also that it's a little bit of, I don't know, thing trying to cover something up or make it more nice. Like, it's okay to say disabled. It's like, we understand mm -hmm. that it's different. We don't need to change the word, I think. Okay, um, absolutely, very well said. Um, uh, so, uh, Simon, you are a national performer. What drives you to follow your dreams? Yes, I think my biggest motivation is probably thinking of myself when I was younger. When I was a little girl, I think that I would have given anything to see someone like me on screen in a TV show or film that I really loved. I think that having that validation would really have changed my life. I think that hearing some of the messages that I talk about of diversity um, in my public speaking, hearing that when I was younger would have completely changed my life. And so what really motivates me is wanting no other disabled child out there to ever have to have the same childhood that I had, to ever feel as excluded and alienated as I feel to ever feel like they're a mistake. I just want every single one of them to grow up thinking that they are beautiful and to see the power that they have within themselves. And I really want to fight with all my heart for that world. And that's why I will never stop fighting. Sorry. But <laughs> yeah. You, you are a, a talented and you are a fighter, Simone. So I'm sure you're going to make it. You are making a difference in the society and you are bringing change and change for good, change for people, for especially the disabled people who, uh, you know, will look up to you in future. So um, uh, how do you find the strength basically to overcome the challenges you face? <laughs> the strength is something I'm still trying to find, but I think, you know, I've been grown up by such an amazing mother and I have such amazing support and sisters around me. I have a mother that always told me to be proud of being the strong black woman that I am. Mm -hmm. um, I also am a Christian and God really drives me as well. And I think just coming from that background of really hardworking, strong, determined women that never give up, that really has helped me on my journey. So your family support, because the other day I was reading your blog um, and uh, there's so interesting, fascinating stories you have put on wherein your family decides, uh, you, you know, you guys, if you're planning to travel somewhere and if you are not able to uh, travel, you know, if there is, um, you don't have accessibility to uh, of wheelchairs or something like that. So uh, the whole family decides that they are not going to travel. They're not going to go to that place. Yeah, exactly. They, um, I don't feel excluded like I do in other places when I'm with my family. I just mm -hmm. feel accepted and I feel like myself. Yeah, and also uh, uh, you interviewed your sister. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> 
Yes. So how 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 did that come up? You know, you uh, she herself is also a, a blogger. She's a YouTuber, I believe. Yeah, I think I really wanted that talk with her um, on my blog because, well, first of all, I really love her and she's a big support to me. But also, I think there's a stereotype that if you are the sibling of someone who is disabled, then you don't get enough attention or you may not have such a good life. And I think my sisters really proved that that's not true. That my older sister does take care of me, but we we find a way, and we're all just as um, taken care of by our parents and everything. So you you as uh, basically share a very special bond with uh, your all your sisters and also your family. Yes, yeah, a very strong bond. Uh, Simon, what is that one thing you would like to change uh, in people while they are interacting with you? <laughs> well, sometimes, you know, uh, I, I can rephrase this question, but sometimes people have their own perception. Like I, for me, uh, I still believe uh, I would say this, I'm more con um, comfortable saying differently abled. Uh, but, you know, your perception when I heard your si uh, side of the story, it completely changed my opinion. Yeah, I think. I think it's important for people to change the way that they view disabled people and disability. So it's important to think of it within the context of diversity. So for instance, people, and part of diversity is people can have different ethnicities and they can have different sexual orientations and genders and hair color and eye color and all of that. So you, we need to look at disability in the same way as we understand all of that diversity is amazing and something that deserves to be celebrated. But then why do you look at a disabled person and say, oh, you're wrong because you're different? Why do we then see them as incorrect instead of, you know, different in a way that deserves to be celebrated like other forms of diversity? I agree with Aurora Lemons Morales, who is an activist who says, there is no neutral body from which our bodies deviate. So there is no right or wrong way to do things. I paint with a pen in my mouth instead of with my hands. That's not wrong or inferior. That's just different. Some deaf people listen to music through vibrations instead of with their ears. That's not wrong. That's just different. And so I want people to see me as um, a human being and different to them, but not worse. And on the street sometimes people don't look at me when they speak to me sometimes they are pity like oh I feel so sorry for you sometimes they even objectify me um inspiration porn is something that a lot of disabled people talk about which is basically viewing disabled people as 2d object of inspirations created to lift the hearts of non-disabled people and inspire them like our only reason for existing is just to inspire non-disabled people. So random people on the street come up to me and say, oh, you're so inspiring, but they don't even know me. They just see me and I'm uh -huh. disabled and they say, oh, you're disabled. So obviously your job is to be inspiring, to be here to make me feel good about myself. But uh, yeah, just all those things, I want them to realize that they're not true, that we're not bad or wrong, we're just different and we want to be treated like other people. Yeah, equality. Equality, yeah. basically, and also um, there's nothing right or wrong. It's just different. Yes, exactly. And opinions are different. We we can all have different. We just had this 
conversation just right now that you know you use a different word and I use it different that doesn't mean that I'm wrong or you are wrong so it's just a, a bit different uh, Simone you have undertaken the challenging task of changing societal perceptions about disability so um, again um, I mean differently able what obstacles have you encountered along the way and what steps do you th uh, think you can take towards great in inclusivity? Uh, I think that one of the biggest obstacles is probably like ignorance, because even though disabled people are the biggest minority in the world, um, we probably have some of the most ignorance surrounding us. And most people don't know almost anything about disability, which baffles me. So. I face a lot of people not really understanding disability pride and fighting back against it because it doesn't make sense with a lot of the lies that they've been taught growing up about um, disability or the ableist lies. So my biggest obstacle is having to cut through that and show people, wait, this thing that you believe is actually not true. <laughs> this thing you believe is not true. My life is not terrible. I'm perfectly fine the way that I am, all this kind of thing. So it's just trying to prove people wrong about a lot of the negative assumptions they have, basically. So uh, I think as uh, in a society, we all need to take uh, various steps, even as teachers, educators, doctors, uh, teenagers, parents. Everybody has a role to play. Exactly, yes. So even, you know, uh, when as a parent, if you are talking about more about disability to your young children and telling them what, you know, what you are saying in a very simple language that they are different, people are different or educators are themselves providing those opportunities to uh, people, um, to uh, different, differently abled people at school, then I think um, it will get a lot of um, we we can uh, look at a lot of changes happening already in the society then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing. Like you said, it starts with us, with parents, with teachers, and just educating ourselves um, about it and sharing this message with other people is really the first steps we can take. Always say ERC, education, representation, and communication. Yes. Uh, in the beginning, I told you, you are a natural performer. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, but somehow I, uh, I, wrote, I, I read in your blog only that people, how do we change the perception of those people who actually view disability as a synonym for broken? They think disability is basically, you know, you're broken. How do we change that perception? I think we is it really tough is it yes. really, really tough you think it's, well it shouldn't be that hard <laughs> to think that it's tough I think <laughs> these people just need to sort of think outside of themselves to think someone does need to look exactly like you and work the way that you work to be happy you mm -hmm. may not understand it and it may not be what you're used to but that doesn't mean that it's bad i think you really need to if you think that way educate yourself um and <laughs> be a bit more open-minded i think yeah yeah 
so we can uh, basically achieve that goal yes you are writing a book about ableism in society Yes. Can you tell us more about this book? Yeah, it's basically an anti-ableism guide. So it's everything that you need to be able to learn more about ableism and how to avoid it. Because um, like you said in the beginning, I think it's the responsibility of everyone to do everything that they can to not yeah. be ableist, to know that it's not really, I think when most people think about the discrimination disabled people think of face, they think it's all in, institutionalized discrimination. They think it's all accessibility issues and the government and laws and economy and the stairs and buildings and things like that. And that is very, you know, tough for us to face. But also interpersonal ableism is maybe for some people even worse, which is like you said, what happens when you walk down the street, the way you're treated, the way you're treated in conversations, the way you're treated just by other people. That's the type of ableism that for me was even worse than not being able to enter some buildings because of stairs or because of some laws. So I think it's important for everyone to realize that they have a responsibility, every person, teenagers, children, adults, to face their own ableism and educate themselves about it so that people like me aren't constantly treated by others with ignorance and disrespect. So therefore, it's a very simple guide, like I said, that helps to teach you education, representation and communication. So then, you know, everything you can to just not continue to be discriminatory towards disabled people, even unintentionally. So how far have you reached uh, with this book? When are we going to read? Well, it's still a little bit in its early stages. Um, mm -hmm. I have written some of it, but I'm trying to do a bit more research. Even I know I have a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that your drawing improved once you started uh, writing or drawing, uh, you know, with your uh, mouth. So I uh, know the story behind it, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I would want uh, our listeners to um, know the story. Please tell us the story behind this. Yes, I um like I said, I lost the, the the movement in my hand when I was 11, and it was very tough to me because I used to love to draw, but then um, one day my sister April, she watched a Christian film about a woman called Johnny, who mm -hmm. had was paralyzed from the neck down, and she learned to write with a pen in her mouth, mm -hmm. and my sister saw that film and said, "Oh, Simone, why didn't you try that?" And yeah. I was still very sad and upset after I'd lost the ability in my hand and I've been crying for ages and but I was like okay I'll just I'll just give it a try just casually so I took a piece of paper and a pen and I went into my room and I closed the door and I refused to come back out until I taught myself to draw with a pen in my mouth and it took a long time and many different techniques because I had no idea how to but eventually I figured it out. And that's now how I do all my drawing and writing and typing as well as with a pen in my mouth. Yeah, you. Uh, so you uh, went uh, inside and you did not come out till the time you got a hang of it. <laughs> yes, I was very <laughs> stubborn. No, that's not being stubborn. That's being, you know, uh, um, being passionate about and not giving up. Yes, because <laughs> you can see it that way. Yeah. So uh, which places you th still think, uh, you know, or you believe are still not accessible for individuals who are in wheelchairs? Um, 
<laughs> a lot of places, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, we need the basics of like a lift or ramps if they have stairs. And I know some, a lot of places may, a lot of people may think that, oh, a building can't be made accessible if it's really old. But I've been to literally some of the oldest buildings in the world, like the Colosseum, they had lifts there. The mm -hmm. megalithic temples of Malta, which I think was one of the oldest freestanding buildings ever created by humans, I think, something like that, that was also mm -hmm. accessible. So clearly if something's old, doesn't mean that you can't make it accessible in some way. So mm -hmm. I, yeah, a lot of that still needs to change. <laughs> Uh, in your opinion, Simone, what qualities or traits are essential for success and happiness in life? I, I think love, definitely. <laughs> and not necessarily romantic love, but I think also friend love, family love, love for yourself, I think is the true key. Everything that I've achieved happened from the moment I started to love myself and fully embrace mm -hmm. myself. That just changed everything for me and i think we also passion it's really important to be passionate about something yeah I'm passionate about changing the world and i will never never stop fighting until i do and yeah so basically yeah i agree completely i completely agree first you have to embrace yourself you have to love yourself first then passion even a little thing you do or you know um, as a child as a teenager as a professional everything has to you have to do it with passion full passion yes i agree what would you like to share something you know something till now in your life which really changed your thinking any experience you want to share with our listeners real-time experience you went somewhere, you read something, you, something happened with you that really changed and triggered uh, triggered in you something different? Um, that's a good question. I think, I'll, like I said, watching um, Crip Camp was a, was a pretty big one for me. And... I think the first public speaking talk that I did um, at school, I was invited um, to international school to give a talk to the students. And mm -hmm. I think that, that was a pretty big moment where I realized that actually this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I didn't know that I was capable of doing it. I didn't know that I had a message to tell, but after that moment, I think that I did. So yes. <laughs> so that completely changed you yes i think so and you started believing yourself after a certain age believing in yourself basically yes i read that also on your blog <laughs> I, so um what advice would you give to someone who is different who is disabled and who wants to make a difference in the world i would say to never stop fighting that society may be against you and it may want you to stop but to never stop and to believe in yourself and what you're fighting in this world may not be made for people like you may say that the way that you are is not the same as everyone else and that's something to be ashamed of but the only way that we can achieve fighting back against that is if we first 
accept ourselves and then we fight with all our might for other people to accept us too because we're not going to change society has to change society has to change society has to accept society has to give love and society uh, that's you know i come back to your previous uh, point that uh, i think you don't people don't need that sympathy they need them empathy you're absolutely fine you're absolutely beautiful you're just different yeah so you know if 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 you're you're you are writing your drawing are commendable that doesn't mean that you know you're writing because you're not writing with your hands it makes a difference no not at all you're writing with your mouth and you're doing a great job so um, uh, last but not the least simon what message do you have for the youth for the teenagers yes i think that in take care of your mental health i think is really important a lot of teenagers struggle with that these days um i think that going to a therapist really helped me myself and i think really addressing my mental health really helped also social media sometimes can make unrealistic standards that can make us feel like we're less than and it's important to social media is good but it's important to find people who are like you so you get that validation I mean the wheelchair team like I said really helped me and that was social media I found the disability community online I found disabled black people online that people like you out there I think you just need to search and I think you need to allow yourself to be yourself and be happy because your happiness and your mental health is really really important yeah as as even grown ups and adults um why why only teenagers i think mental health is a big question mark these days um we we all are going through a lot of stress so much of um, you know day to day it's like a rat race so yeah. we kind of ignore that part so uh, to calm down to sit to relax and to think uh, positive i think yeah. that what really matters I agree. Yes. So, um, um, I was just curious to know before we end the show. Um, uh, what's your dream? What 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 do you want to uh, become when you you know you you are you're already a uh, author? You uh, you love reading stories. You are a uh, very creative person. So, what's your aim? Well, my dream would to be able to be a, a public speaker like in more places basically to be able to do my activism work full time more public speaking i would love to be able to act on tv yeah. and film i'm still working towards that mm-hmm. and i just love more opportunities to spread my message through books through tv i just really want to get that message out there brilliant brilliant with this we come to the end of our segment Simone's enthusiasm for every task she undertakes is evident and like a resilient raccoon she tackles every obstacle with unwavering courage. Thank you Simone for joining us tonight. My takeaway from this conversation is that regardless of the physical or mental challenges one faces it's essential not to give up. Every problem has a solution 
and it's important to fight back and approach every task, every problem with passion. What is your takeaway? Has the story of this inspiring teenager struck a chord with you? If yes, don't hesitate to follow your dreams. We'll be back with another inspiring story. And after this, we have Simone's favorite song coming up. So stay tuned. And in the meanwhile, keep your spirits high and strive to achieve your goals. Thank you. Good night.